Good morning, everybody, and welcome to MLB Morning Coffee. My name is Greg Mraz, your host, and I appreciate you all listening into today's show. First off, I want to thank my guest yesterday, Derek Adams, who's going to be on our podcast more and more often. DA was a fantastic conversation. He's a great guy. I encourage you to go follow him. Go follow him on the Hill as well. I think he's going to have a great year in the minor leagues this year in the Kansas City Royals system. It is by far our most listened to episode, so appreciate getting the DA bump here. Remember to write a review, leave a rating, subscribe. It helps our metrics out significantly. Also, I know that we don't have a huge following yet, but our show has finally gotten over 1,000 total downloads. I take a lot of pride in that. I know that I don't necessarily have the biggest of Twitter followings, but I do sincerely appreciate everybody that has tuned in to either every episode or maybe just one minute of one episode. I didn't do my normal intro today. And the reason for that is that I don't believe that this is a show that is necessarily a happy show, but this is a show that I feel like has to be done because of what went on in the sports world yesterday. And in my 27 plus years of living, I don't think that I have ever experienced anything from watching Twitter the whole day and seeing story after story pop up on the internet as I did yesterday with the coronavirus which has gone from an epidemic to a pandemic and is probably the worst world health scare that we have had probably since influenza of 1918 when the Spanish flu killed 50 million Americans right after the end of World War I. And I want to talk about the timeline of what happened today because it didn't really involve baseball that much, but baseball is such a big part of this now and how they're going to navigate the situation given how other organizations and cities have enacted during this time. During a time when this disease could be susceptible to killing any elderly person at any moment. And that you can contract this thing and not have any idea whether or not you are carrying the symptoms. You may not know that you have it until two weeks after you contracted it which is a really scary thought. Like the fact that you might have COVID-19 and not know it until two weeks after the fact is horrifying. Because if you think about it right now, you think, I'm totally fine, I feel totally fine, and then boom, it all of a sudden hits you. And now the risk of death for anybody under 50 is minimal. But that does not mean by any stretch of the imagination that you should feel like you're completely immune to it because nobody is immune to it. There is no cure for this. Nobody has an immunity for this. The sports world of yesterday saw the day open up by having a couple of bans in place. And those bans were in the state of Washington and here in the state of California where we record this show. Washington and California are the two states that have seen the most confirmed cases of the coronavirus, and there have been countless actions that have been put in place by universities and by state governments to make sure that the health and safety of everybody around those communities is put first. The governor of Washington put into place a ban that says that you cannot have more than 250 people in one setting at a public event which obviously has a huge impact on the Seattle Mariners, who we'll get to in a little bit, events at the University of Washington. In the eastern side of Washington, I think that they might have the numbers a little bit skewed differently, but 
That also means limited access at Washington State University, at Gonzaga. You also have the XFL Seattle Dragons that you have to deal with as well. So they're going to be dealing with a minimal crowd. And then in California, Santa Clara County, which is home to the MLS's San Jose Earthquakes, the NHL's San Jose Sharks, and although not in season right now, the NFL San Francisco 49ers put into effect a 1,000-person cap on any sporting event in the area. So they are limiting attendees to 1,000 people. The next day, the city and county of San Francisco followed suit, and the Golden State Warriors took it a step further by saying that they were going to close their doors for the Thursday night game against the Brooklyn Nets. So they were going to play that game in front of no fans. And then things just completely started to domino effect today. Citing concerns, the NCAA dropped the biggest bomb on the day, which was that they are going to play the NCAA tournament in front of no fans. They will not allow fans into attendance with the exception of close family. So you're basically going to have March Madness, which is one of the greatest spectator events in the country, played in front of nobody. And then one by one, conference tournaments started following suit with banning fans from their arenas. First it was the Big Ten, then the Big 12, then the ACC, the Pac-12 came afterward. The Big East was the last of the major conferences to do this, and they decided that they were going to have no fans at their conference tournaments starting today. So fans at most conference tournaments that were played yesterday actually had a chance to go. They did not limit the access to fans in those games. The Big Ten only had two games because they have double buys in 14 teams, and it was the 11-14 and the 12-13 game, and the Pac-12 actually ended up having eight games today. The ACC tournament had actually played two games on Tuesday and then played a full slate of four games on Wednesday. So fans actually got their money's worth that went down for that tournament. And then the biggest news of the day hit. And that was when it broke on Twitter that Utah Jazz Center Rudy Gobert had tested positive for coronavirus. And not 15 minutes after that news came down, and the game that night between the Utah Jazz and the Oklahoma City Thunder was canceled, the NBA made the decision to suspend the season indefinitely. And just like that, there's no more NBA basketball until further notice. And more than likely, I would say that there will not be another NBA game played again this year. And how does it look for baseball? It is amazing that you are going to see Here are a couple of things that I've already seen that involve baseball. You're going to see Pac-12 schools limit fans at baseball games. So you're going to have basically under 1,000 fans at some of the big-time programs like UCLA and Stanford and Washington. Now, Washington, they are only going to have 250 fans capped per what their governor said. The Ivy League has completely canceled all spring sports. There will be no Ivy League baseball. There will be no Ivy League softball. So basically, if you're a player in the Ivy League, a junior or a senior, who had aspirations of getting drafted this year, those aspirations are almost out the window unless you have a scout that's going to be willing to scout you on your stats from the previous season without any season of a performance this year. 
and they've already started playing some of these games during the season. Like, a bunch of these teams just had their seasons end before they even got to play a home game. The Big Ten is actually going to bar fans from all spring sporting events. So there is not going to be a single attendee at a Big Ten classified spring sport, which includes baseball. And now you get to the Major League Baseball side of things. The Seattle Mariners were scheduled to play their first seven games of the year at home in the month of March. That's not going to happen. The team already announced that they are going to move the games to a venue to be determined. More than likely, I feel like, in the series that they're going to play the Minnesota Twins and the Texas Rangers, they're going to stay in Arizona. Houston is also putting in a ban of gatherings of over 1,000 people, so that will affect the Astros. San Francisco's ban is going to hold into Giants opening day, so more than likely the San Francisco Giants are not going to play their home opener as scheduled. Alameda County, where the Oakland A's play, just put in a 30-day rolling ban on gatherings of over 1,000 people, so that's going to affect the Oakland A's in their first couple of home stands. And it won't surprise me if more cities and more teams end up having these bans come down because of noted cases of coronavirus in their communities. And the reason why it's important is this. You most likely are not going to die from coronavirus, but it is such a lethal disease to anybody that is over 70 because of their weakened immune systems. If you have large crowds gathered, then you could easily pass it along. The virus can live on metal for 8 to 10 hours. So you could be taking public transit, you could be riding the bus, riding the train, riding the ferry boat, depending on where you live, and you could have contracted it without even knowing it. And the person that had it could have put it on a surface and have not even known it prior to that. You talk about traveling on public transit, well, that's the same thing as packing thirty-five to 40,000 people inside a baseball stadium. You've got a ton of different concession stands, you've got a variety of different people that are wedging through each other trying to get inside the gates. You have people that are leaving the game trying to get onto public transit or walk into their cars. I mean, you've got a lot of people in close proximity with each other when you are at a Major League Baseball game. And Major League Baseball is also taking the precaution of keeping media, including team broadcasters, out of clubhouses. And when players come out to do interviews... They have to stand six feet away. I was actually listening to the Bernstein and McKnight show, which is a radio show based out of Chicago, and they were making comments on the quality of the audio from an interview that they ran with Michael Kopech. And by the way, Michael Kopech, he got back on a mound two days ago, and ooh, baby, is he going to look good. But that is a conversation for another day. And by the way, we were supposed to have Al Yellon on today, Al never showed up to our Skype session, so we are not going to have Al Yellon on today. But we are going to have a fellow by the name of Ryan Sullivan on on Friday's show. He is the founder of At The Nats GM. He is a foremost expert on the Washington Nationals, and we are very excited to have him on. We are going to actually do that interview probably in a little bit today and have that raring to go for you tomorrow morning. So we are really excited to talk to Ryan. And with Washington, D.C. also putting in this large size crowd ban, it's going to affect the Washington Nationals as well. 
And I actually just saw something that Jeff Passan of ESPN tweeted out, and that is the public guidelines published by the California Department of Public Health. These are recommendations, and here is what they say. The California Department of Public Health finds the following. A. Large gatherings that include 250 people or more should be postponed or canceled. And it says in a subheading, this includes gatherings such as concerts, conferences, and professional, college, and school sporting events. Point two, smaller gatherings held in venues that do not allow social distancing of six feet per person should be postponed or canceled. Subheading, this includes gatherings in crowded auditoriums, rooms, or other venues. Point three, gatherings of individuals who are at higher risk for severe illness from COVID-19 should be limited to no more than 10 people. This includes gatherings such as those at retirement facilities, assisted living facilities, developmental homes, and support groups for people with health conditions. And point four, a gathering is any event or convening that brings together people in a single room or single space at the same time, such as an auditorium, stadium, arena, large conference room, meeting hall, cafeteria, or any other indoor or outdoor space. This applies to all non-essential professional, social, and community gatherings, regardless of their sponsor. Gatherings that do not meet the aforementioned criteria should only be conducted when they are essential. That is, if the activity is essential and could not be postponed or achieved without gathering, meaning that some other means of communication could not be used to conduct the essential function. And there, folks, is going to be in lie what will happen with Major League Baseball. If the state of California is putting out something like this, the state of California, the largest state by population that has five Major League Baseball teams in it, and you already have the Mariners moving their first seven games, I don't see how Major League Baseball doesn't postpone the start of the 2020 season. I feel like you have to. At this point, when you've seen the NBA cancel its season a month away from the playoffs, the NHL not having yet made a move, but more than likely to do the same thing, the NCAA barring their fans from the biggest spectator event in the month of March and the biggest moneymaker for the NCAA the entire year, more than anything in college football. The NCAA makes the majority of their money on March Madness. When they are banning fans from their gyms and arenas, then what is to say that the same thing should not happen with Major League Baseball? And it should. The Japanese League delayed the start of their season because of COVID-19. The qualifier for the Olympics in baseball was postponed. So at what point does Major League Baseball say, we have to take the precaution to protect the safety and the well-being of our fans. And I have the perfect solution for what Major League Baseball should do. They should cancel the first two months of the season, and they should have Major League Baseball opening day start June 1st and put in a modified schedule that is basically going to proportionally have you play the games against your divisional opponents and your interleague games and what have you starting June 1st. And what you'll end up having happen is the equivalent of a strike-shortened season in any other professional sport. The last time we had a strike-shortened season was back in the NHL in 2013. We had that the year before in the NBA in 2012. To have a strike-shortened season 
is not unprecedented. It has happened before. Major League Baseball had the 1994 season end because of a strike. If they can postpone or cancel part of a season because of a labor negotiation agreement, then there's nothing that says that they can't do the same thing when it comes to a world public health scare. And the Mariners have already been forced to play their games away from Seattle if those games are even played at all or if Major League Baseball even plays it at all. We're going to see the story continue to unfold. Right now, fans are still attending games at spring training parks, which in and of itself is a little bit crazy given the response of every other major basketball entity, pro or college right now. Like, just think about this. The Big Ten Tournament in Indianapolis, Indiana. Canceled to fans for the rest of the tournament. The Pac-12 Tournament in Las Vegas. Canceled to fans. The Big East Tournament in New York City. New York flippin' city. The biggest city in the country. Canceled to fans. Big 12 Tournament in Kansas City. Gone to fans. The ACC Tournament which I can't remember if it's still in Greensboro or whether they moved to Charlotte. I wish I could remember off the top of my head, but I can't. That tournament closed to fans. And yet you're still getting thousands of people coming to spring training games. Major League Baseball has got to act on this now. And if they don't, they are completely short-sighted in what the effects of COVID-19 could end up being long-term. And the fact that they at least took the step to bar reporters and broadcasters from clubhouses is very good in the sense that you could end up getting sick through a player or getting a player sick or having that sickness spread throughout the clubhouse. I mean, look at what the Utah Jazz are dealing with right now. They are stuck. As of last night, the Utah Jazz were still stuck inside Oklahoma City's Chesapeake Energy Arena, all having to be tested and quarantined before they can get out of the arena and get back to Utah. They were actually thinking of chartering buses to get the team back to Utah so that they don't end up infecting anybody through the air or have any airborne diseases and try and at least contain this as much as they can. There was a worry earlier on Wednesday night when Nebraska head men's basketball coach Fred Hoiberg was feeling sick prior to the game, decided to try and coach the game anyway, was visibly ill, coached the team anyway, and then had to leave and end up going to the hospital. Now it turns out that all he had was a cold, and the Nebraska team had to be quarantined inside the locker room at Banker's Life Fieldhouse in Indianapolis before they were allowed to get on the bus and head back to their hotel before flying home to Lincoln. These are some amazing times that we're living in, and Major League Baseball is going to have to make a decision at some point soon. And Rob Manfred, who has had a PR nightmare of an offseason with everything regarding the Houston Astros and the sign-stealing scandal, you have got to make a swift and decisive decision in regards to what you do. In my opinion, I think delaying the season is going to be your best course of action because you keep the safety and the well-beings of the fans intact and you're still able to have a relatively solid major league schedule if you only end up playing 100 games instead of 162 games. There's nothing that says that a 100-game season is going to ruin this year in baseball. Nothing. Given everything that's going on with the coronavirus right now, there is nothing that says 
that a season short of 162 games is a bad thing. Make a decision now. Make it swiftly so that you can have a plan of attack in place for how you are going to start the season and you can end up possibly having full crowds at some point down the line instead of playing in front of empty stadiums or moving stadiums for two months at a time. That's not viable. If you do that, you are going to screw the whole season up and you are going to bring into play so many other contingencies that nobody wants to deal with. Shorten the season and get it done now. It's not that hard. Scrap the schedule. Make a new one. Announce that you're going to have a season that starts June 1st. Cancel the All-Star game and play through All-Star break and have that schedule ready to go within the next two weeks. That way, you can keep fans out of stadiums, you can keep players confined to safe and comfortable spaces, and then when this feels like it's under control, you can let fans back into stadiums. And in my opinion, anything short of that is a complete and abject failure. This story is going to be something that we talk about for days to come, weeks to come, months to come. I don't want it to be the centerpiece of what we talk about here on MLB Morning Coffee. But we had to do this episode today because coronavirus has not only put issues like the Astros sign-stealing scandal on the back burner, it may decide whether or not Major League Baseball has a full 162 games, whether or not this season starts on time, or whether or not fans are going to get to attend Major League or, for that matter, minor league baseball games this year. This is an ever-fluid story. It's going to be a part of this conversation going forward, and we hope that whatever decision is made, whether it's to shorten the season as I recommend or to play games without fans, I hope that it is made swiftly, decisively, and that everybody can agree that whatever decision was made is the right decision for the well-being of the players, the well-being of the organizations, and the well-being of the fans and those communities. Because at the end of the day, baseball is just a game. It is not life or death. Coronavirus could very much be life and death. And for many people, it actually is. And you cannot put the safety and well-being of your fans and your community below what you might be making as an organization off of your fans for that season. We have so much more to discuss in regards to this. There is a Pandora's box that we are going to open, and based on what Major League Baseball decides to do in the next couple of days, we might reset this issue for Saturday's episode and then decide, based on what has developed, what Major League Baseball can do from here. And on that, we are out. This has been MLB Morning Coffee. Stay safe, everybody, and have a great rest of your day. We'll catch you in the a.m.